Welcome to the seventh episode of the Tell Me You Got That podcast. Today, as always, I'm joined by Click Name Zach and Click Name Sam. <laughs> Woo! And I'm your close friend and host, Hey Dan. Today, we're taking a bite. Wink of 28 Days Later. It's one of my favorite zombie movies. And if you haven't seen it, the movie begins four weeks after a mysterious and incurable virus spreads throughout the UK and a handful of survivors try to find sanctuary. Directed by Danny Boyle. Fellas, what do we think of this one? Well, it was a real F you to uh, uh, all the activists out there trying to save animals at the very start. The fact that it originates from the rage virus in those uh, caged monkeys and the people who actually cause the zombie apocalypse are animal activists. Felt like that was a... Was that, did you feel personally attacked? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, can we, can we say fuck on this podcast or do we oh. have to say F? This is our special guest, Sam O'Neill, guys. It's his first time. <laughs> uh, did anyone notice anything like interesting this time around? Because I know we've all seen it before. I'm not sure if it's just maybe even pedantic, because, but the fact that... A guy at the end gets blood in his eye and that's what turns him. But they're so willy-nilly flipping about just chopping and macheting, hacking them up um, all throughout the movie. No goggles. Like, goggles would be a must in that apocalypse. There were there were yeah. some soldiers that had goggles, but they were few and far between. It's like yeah. there was a great goggle shortage before the infection. That's true. They did have the deleted scene where they... <laughs> established that, <laughs> There's yeah. ten whole minutes of hell. <laughs> It really ruined the pacing of the film, though. Yeah. I found it funny that this is the second movie in a row that Killian Murphy is in that we have reviewed. One thing that stood out to me was how British it was. I don't think I realised the first times when I was watching this movie, I was a bit younger, mm. I didn't realise they really emphasised the Britishness. Like, when they, when Jim goes into the church at the start and he's walking up the stairs and there's writing on the wall and it says, Repent, the end is extremely fucking nigh. I just thought that was really, really British. Yeah, and, and try to, to try and get the attention of anybody who might have been out there, instead of just saying, like, hello, he said, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello, governor. <laughs> yeah. I found that a little bit out of place, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it strange. Kind of, it was, it was exactly a strange right. moment. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the tension of certain scenes was sapped when he just added Gov in. It's like, we got to go, Gov, we got to go. <laughs> Something I thought was cool about the movie is the empty streets of London. They CGI'd everybody out of that seen there was a full full uh, saturday yeah but apparently what actually happened is they had a one hour window like early in the morning to film everything apparently like when film crews have something like that like that to deal with they <clears throat> have people in charge of making sure people don't walk onto their shop but they were like these guys are going to be drunk and coming out of the pubs and wanting to get home and it's cold they're not going to listen to us so apparently they attra- they hired attractive women to do that job instead to really distract those drunk people coming home from bars. Oh, wow. Okay. And then it worked because there was no people in the shops. What about yeah. the people who aren't interested in women? Well, yeah. Well, they took a gamble. Yeah. They took a gamble on it. And then also, like, not everyone's drunk around that time. There are people that just have to get places really early. Dude. And did you know that, um, also, fun fact, they um, synthesized an actual virus to infect human beings who's the director was very method about it he didn't want just humans acting like zombies he wanted real zombies, real zombies yeah. so about 60% of the movie is actually real <laughs> they're actually people. running for their lives <laughs> yeah. yeah a lot of people died <laughs> filming that all of the very... DVD commentaries them saying yeah this was super unethical we shouldn't have been subjected yeah. to this I can't believe we were allowed to get away with this at the time but something I liked about this film is like one of the first zombie movies that 
I remember seeing them actually being fast and dangerous. Mm. Yeah. And that for me was refreshing change. I used to watch zombie movies and think, oh, there's no danger here. I could just. Unless you just don't plan ahead. Also, the soundtrack popped off. Yeah. So yeah don't, good. don't forget about that. The soundtrack, I'm pretty sure the. Dun, 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 like, okay, I can't do it, but. The, um, that was great. That was used, I'm fairly sure, in um, Kick-Ass, the first one. Yeah. There's a scene where the character Big Daddy is basically oh, taking when he's out getting, a hole. Oh, is this spoilers? A spoiler's a yeah, spoiler for other alert. movies. For other Ten movies. second spoiler for another movie. Um, when uh, Big Daddy is just taking out a whole warehouse full of mafia guys. Yeah. They're just like, they, they're watching the footage of it and um, of him doing that. And I think I remember that playing, coming on too. Yeah. yeah. That was good shit. Yeah. Made that movie even better. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the 28 Days Later fans loved it. For our first segment, fellas, it's called Dream Apocalypse. And what I would like you to do is tell me your ideal fort or base and your survival strategy that you would choose in the event of a zombie apocalypse. Who wants to go first? Sam. Sure. I feel like in reality, an apartment complex would be pretty sick, particularly if you can all agree not to get infected together. Uh, Firstly, zombies don't know how to use fobs to get in, so you're pretty safe in that way. Yeah. Uh, but also I would organize a raffle system. I'd suggest a raffle system where every maybe week or however however often one person has to, the loser of the raffle or winner, however you want to see it, has to go out into the world to get groceries for the building. I would all rig it so that because I'm the one who made the idea, hopefully they wouldn't question it, I would never put my own name in. <laughs> and I just uh, basically, I'd always also pick the person who I like the least. And so I'd hopefully cull off the people who I dislike the most and so basically you, create a utopian society. So you're not raffling it, you're choosing. Exactly. But they think it's a raffle. Oh, yeah. To them, it's a raffle. For me, it's selectively... People are going to ask questions. You're playing God. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. won't last very long, I'm afraid. It may not, but it'll be good while it, while it does. They'll, they'll, they'll absolutely murder you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be getting groceries for a while. <laughs> no, you'll just be killed. <laughs> So the the concept of having like a team go out and be maybe safer and a better chance of coming home. I veto it hard, and um, <laughs> they respect my raffle idea so much that they just <laughs> they they don't question it. You're basically yeah. a god amongst men yeah. because of your raffle idea. I gain something about the zombie apocalypse gives me just a ton of charisma that they all they all love. Yeah, it must They're be all... a lot given where you're at now. Zach, what's your ideal or dream apocalypse? So you shaking scenario. your head before as I was saying mine. It sounds like there's some overlap. No, nah, mate. No, I don't have anything too fancy for this one because I actually thought they had pretty good. There were a few times in the movie that I thought were pretty decent setups that they had or could have just stayed with. Well, first of all, when he wakes up in London, there's no one around. That would seem kind of safe to me. But I don't know why there's no one around, and maybe they'll come back. I don't know. But there's no zombies there at the moment. You could probably find a cool little place there to stay. Yeah, you should do that. I should do that. So I'm going to do that. So your, <laughs> your ideal thought is, if you wake up in a hospital, stay in the hospital. That's just a thought. I got more. <laughs> I got so many more. But if that fails, which is, you know probably was a bit flimsy, you want to you find somewhere like very, very certain. There's also that supermarket they go to that is clearly unspoiled after a month. Like That place was pristine. That mm. hadn't been gone. I can't believe it wasn't even looted by anyone. Yeah. Let alone zombies coming in. There's still a clerk in there for some reason, still working. <laughs> He's like zombie the, clerk. Been quiet lately. <laughs> uh, but that seemed alright. I mean, just board that puppy up and you'll be fine, probably. Yeah. Enough food and water, wait for the whole thing to blow over. Because surely the zombies do have to have some expiration date where they just, you know, they're not getting any more protein. They're getting younger, that's for yeah. sure. 
Like a month in, like they should be close to that already. I would, yeah. or dead yeah. already, but I didn't. They, they're still pretty agile. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I figured like they should die pretty soon. That super market was good. Get in there, but also the mansion fort thing they had at the end. The army guys. That was a good setup too. They needed to not have that zombie chained up. That's just a risk you don't need to take. That's a rookie move. That's a really rookie move. And then also don't have the women as sex slaves. That's a yeah. They really resorted to that sort of um, mentality, morality of it being terrible aside. Like very soon mm. into the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it's like the episode of South Park where they get snowed into the school and they're only stuck there for one night and they immediately resort to cannibalism. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing for this. I just had a, a couple of random ideas. Fireworks factory? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Is this just um, you were thinking of The Simpsons? Uh, maybe? Just no? things. You, you, just, this segment wasn't in mind. You're just like, I'm going to list some things <laughs> that I like. So the, the theory is a, a fireworks factory is kind of going to be an industrial zone. So there's not going to be heaps of people. You could manufacture explosives and weapons out of the fireworks, maybe. That's true. Um, you could call for help when the planes are flying over. I wonder though if you'd be able to just walk into that and figure it out. I think you'd need you'd need to have some sort of training there before. Well, I'm not saying manufacture the fireworks. I'm saying use the fireworks that already exist as your weapons and they'll have like gunpowder or whatever it is whatever they use. Yes. So then you are going to use the gunpowder for something. Yeah, but that's maybe just get yourself... trail it on the ground and walk, you know, throw a match, you know. Throw give them a nice light show. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Or it could be part of your escape plan. You know, you you set up the place of distracts them. It's a good distracts them. Yeah, true. And they That's come right in. Yeah, that is. Don't good. think it. Don't think about it too much. Um, <laughs> I also had Cryo Castle in Ballarat, just because it's got big walls and you know. But, but, but hardly. <laughs> it does have big walls. They'll get in there in five seconds. You just need to barricade the, the dodgy bits. And there's a lot at Crime Castle. Yeah, that place is mostly dodgy. Yeah, but no one lives in Ballarat, so you have plenty of time before the zombies got there. That's a good point. Low population area. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, there's always nuggets in the things you write down. The <laughs> random shit you write down. We're figuring out ways to make it sound That's viable. Right. Also, in the same kind of uh, thought line of the fireworks factory, I also wrote shopping trolley workshop. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously... They, they're out there. <laughs> Well, they get shopping trolleys don't just appear. Someone they make them, them somewhere. So, so just drawing on the defensive gate or whatever that they make in the apartment building. Just imagine the fortress you could build. Oh yeah. With that. Although they, the zombies get through it pretty quick. Um, yeah, so they just, they do just, it better. They basically just cast that aside. They weren't even slowed down by that. Yeah, that's true. In the movie, so maybe we, we scratched that one from the record. Well, you just need like at least twice the amount of shopping trolleys. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That was where they went wrong. Yeah, yeah. that's why. The, Fucking yeah, the Frank, I knew I couldn't trust him to put up a shopping trolley blockade. You can't even look at a crow without getting <laughs> dead. <laughs> He's so shit at looking at crows. That's <laughs> his worst. Go- I also put trout farm <laughs> for food. Yeah, and there's like out <laughs> of all the food things you could have gone with, because like, they replicate, and it's also like dam, like a moat. So maybe they just fall in, and maybe the trout develop a taste for zombie meat, and then they just devour them before they can get through the moat. I'm just picturing in like you in a zombie movie. You know how they're always like everyone always has that utopia that they're searching for, like 
over here, they've got this and that. It's going to be the perfect place to hunker yeah. down and like wait this all out. Yeah. And you think like, over here, there's a trout farm. If we could just make it to this <laughs> trout farm, yeah. we'll be set. And the whole season is about that journey to the trout farm. And it probably ends like in like you discovering the trout are all dead and like having yeah. a whole... And the same... the apes just kind of some break down. taking it over first. They try to kill you. <laughs> How the fuck yeah. do we make all your fucking things? I've got two more still. Oh. Trout will probably become the, um, the, like the, the main biggest commodity. commodity. <laughs> the trout wars. So first it was a zombie apocalypse and then soon after yeah, came the yeah, trout wars. Exactly. Yeah. It becomes Which is much darker and much a harder, harder time. Yeah, it was much worse. <laughs> People became real savage yeah. at those times. I uh, also had Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Mainly to do with the presence of Superman and less to do Because <laughs> Superman can just like go get your groceries. And you're, you're oh, an Antarctica or Yeah, he could just... Hole. Yeah, if he, I didn't know we had Superman at our disposal. Can Superman get infected, though? Because if he does... That's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, he just... Oof. Just and, make sure he's going out in the full hazmat. Yeah. We don't know that, do we? Yeah. I but, probably he doesn't. But how... Like, can he still fly infected, or is he kind of just all wonky? Because the, the zombies, their run is somewhat chaotic. Like, yeah. they're not exactly poised. Um, he can do a lot of damage as a zombie... Oh, Superman. If he just yeah, starts he, lasering willy-nilly. Yeah, and he can't control it, and he's flying around all sorts of weird patterns. He's just zapping off in all directions. Yeah, that's bad. That could be the end of the Earth. That's the end of the Earth right there. And the last one, iRobot. You familiar with the movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, end of that movie. Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, oh, another... you got a 10-second spoiler alert, folks. So Shia LaBeouf dies, and in this scenario, he dies as well. The movie transpires as it does in the actual movie. The robots sort of take over the world, but it's actually a good thing because those robots could absolutely take on all the zombies oh, and rip them apart, and they would get infected because they're robots. Yeah. And then we're living under robot control, but we're not dead to zombies. That's true. It's probably the, maybe the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And Shia LaBeouf is still dead. They so made sure of that. The robots made sure of that. <laughs> The next segment is called Zombie Designer. If you had to design what zombies were like, what strengths would you give that zombie? What weaknesses would you give that zombie? And what would be that zombie's Achilles heel? So I like them fast and savage, just like in this movie. But for whatever reason, they've retained the cognitive ability to say, don't kill me. And, and nothing else. So, so they, and they feel just as compelled to say that as they do to like rip people limb to limb. So they're just running around going, don't kill me! As they're like ripping people to shreds. They're, con- <laughs> they're constantly screaming, don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill me, as they're killing people. So, so of- I think like there might be like a couple of people that fall for it for a second, like, oh, don't kill him. Maybe, maybe there's some humanity there or we can save him. And then they, they get fucked up by the zombie. That's pretty brutal. So I'm imagining that scene, well, there's a couple of scenes where the zombies like pinned someone down, like missionary style, mm. and vomiting on their face, all the blood, and they're like, don't kill me, <laughs> vomiting blood on his face. I think that would be pretty horrific. That is brutal. Like, there'd be more of a horror, a more of a horror movie. It's kind of uh, it is. Annihilation, where the bear is like mimicking. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was sounds. fucked. That yeah. was a... That was haunting. I liked that. That was probably the best part of the movie, yeah. I thought. Because I loved it. Because of how fucked up it was. Yeah. Yeah. Should we just start reviewing Annihilation? Yeah. Sam, what's your zombie designer? Mine's pretty simple, straightforward as well, is they're pacifist zombies. They get really intent. They're basically exactly like the ones in the movie, except they just stop once they're like 10 centimeters away from you and just stare at you really intently and really put you off. 
Do they have the the rage, or is this different? They got the rage. They've got all the. They, they seem really aggressive and really violent. Um, like they could go off at any second, but they yeah. just they just kind of watch. So they're able to control that and stifle that as soon as they're like very close. <laughs> as soon as they get within reach of actually being able to bite you, yeah. some part of their brain clicks in and just basically prohibits them from ever ever actually doing that. How do the how does the virus actually spread then? Um, I the thing is I didn't get to that part of uh, thinking this through. <laughs> Maybe they uncontrollably piss, and that's infective. Yeah. Infective. So they don't they accidentally infect with the blood and piss and stuff. Maybe, yeah. They get if they slobber on you with their excitement in the their momentum of racing up to you, and you're just unfortunate enough that that gets on you in one of your orifices. They do get very close. Yes, within so ten centimeters of you. That, I, that's when their brain kicks in. It's not an effective virus. Maybe one or two guys gets it. <laughs> The first guy was too keen to <laughs> see what this guy was in such a rush to tell him. All right, I had uh, animal rage zombies only, so there's no human infections. Um, it's animals, but they're raging. So the, the the danger is not getting infected, but but just by getting killed by these out of control zombie animals. The only way to beat them is kind of it's a reverse zombie. So you've got to bite their heads off or you've got to <laughs> bite them. You gotta like rip, you know, rip into their necks or whatever with your mouth. It doesn't work if you shoot them. You've got to... How does it just that, makes them stronger. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? It's something in their blood that... It's something in our blood that cures them. Or kills them. Oh, they get cured. you got to... You, you got to bite them. The force of a lead bullet just... Just gives spurs them on. They just get more angry. I I would say that you have to use a lot of lead bullets. Like better, you're better off biting them. How many? (laughs) How many bullets for a puppy? (laughs) A thousand. That's a lot. So that that there's not enough bullets in the world. So a full grown like adult Shih Tzu would take way more than. Thousand and two, maybe. Yeah, Shih Tzus are very small. Yeah, but then a why did you pick a Shih Tzu? (laughs) But then a bear. Like a million bullets. A million bullets. <laughs> and an elephant, don't even start. And so, at 999,000, 999 bullets, is it just walk, waltzing around, just A-OK? As soon as, <laughs> as soon as you send that last bullet into it, it's like, oh, no. Yeah, it makes that sound too. Yeah. Like, it's just like old man voice. Like the bear from <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. you got me. <laughs> don't kill me. Oh. Speaking of, what if in Annihilation, because the bear, that mutant bear thing with the skull face mimicked the last words of the person it mauled or the person who died or it killed what if the person <laughs> went out saying something more comical and it wasn't actually at all intimidating <laughs> yeah. oh boy what the heck <laughs> so the additional elements of this is that the, mm. one of the strengths is that every animal is different right so mm. there's flying zombies oh, you know, so the way you defend yourself against flying zombies is going to be different to how you defend yourself against tortoises for example yeah, yeah. But there are tortoise zombies, right? Which yeah. are much easier to kill, right? You can set a, tra- a trap or something and it just falls in, you know, they're slow as... I'm just imagining all these animals <laughs> with, like, body parts cut off. And the thing that I, I'm most excited to see is an elephant with no trunk running around, like, just bleeding profusely. <laughs> it's just, like, not that we can do any violence against Can't wait here. to see that. It'd be CGI, <laughs> of course, but I just, I've never seen an elephant with no trunk. So, well, you're saying that someone's gone and bitten it off. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. But, but that is the only way to cure them, right? To yeah. bite yeah. something but off they, them. They, they, specifically, the, ele- the elephants <laughs> learn how to speak after you, you cure them. I'm oh, liking okay. you're fleshing out this law really well. <laughs> I think people would respect how detailed and, and real it feels. 
English I'm just anyway. picturing you pitching this movie to an executive. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing, okay? Elephants, when they get their trunks cut off or such, they learn the ability to speak English, and this becomes a huge plot point later on. <laughs> Tell me you got that. Uphill Battle is the name of the game. Each member is allocated a weapon that they have to describe why that shit weapon is actually good. Sam, your, your weapon of choice is the chocolate ripple cake. Why would the chocolate ripple cake be a good weapon in the zombie apocalypse? Okay, so I would ration out the cake and use it whenever I needed a sugar high, like my own personal Popeye spinach, to get me into prime killing mode to kill a bunch of zombies at once. That just takes a little bit of sugar. A little bit of sugar. Jesus. If you haven't seen me on sugar, you'll you'll ruin the day you do. So what does the sugar do for you? How do, what does it actually Well the the sad thing about it is that I <laughs> I you should see me when I when I accidentally have soft drink instead of like water if I take a sip of something like that. I just I just like I rummage in, <laughs> in the nearest drawer for a knife and my hands just thrust back and forth at the speed of light. Also, I'd fling a bit of uh, a bit of it at each zombie just to check if they're maybe allergic to it and if that'd kill them. And, and maybe one day that would pay off. Maybe it doesn't. Wait, so you keep trying it <laughs> even after you? It might be the specific zombie yeah. is allergic to it. Yeah. The most things is fucking cake, though. You- that's the most impressive part about it. Um, it's how well I ration it out and how <laughs> I've got the tiniest spoon that's also flexible that I fling at them. And I make sure to just get a nice eye shot or orifice shot. So I had the zombie arm, right? Oh, yes. So Zach has the dislocated zombie arm, which is unspoiled and taut, but also bendable. Wait, it's just dislocated? <laughs> so it's still attached? <laughs> it's just dislocated. <laughs> oh, so I think the point is that it's like, it's not bent from the elbow. Like it's dislocated, so it's flopping around. But it's, yes, not, it's not attached to a zombie. Good, because that's what I was working with. <laughs> yeah, by dislocated, I, I think that's what I meant. So firstly, I'd like to just draw your attention to the fact that in Shaun of the Dead, when Dylan Moran gets torn apart, his partner, I think her name was Diane in the movie, she uses his leg as a weapon for a bit and just beats on some zombies for a second. So that's just interesting. So oh, okay, so take that. Eagle Eye. Is, is she Dawn that? from the British office? I think so. Huh. Dawn? Is that her name? Dawn? 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 Is that... Lanolin? Dawn? Is that her name? Like she... Dawn? 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 Okay, so the first thing I thought about is, other than that it was in Shaun of the Dead, kind of, a leg, not an arm. Allegedly. Allegedly. We we should say for legal purposes. I thought it might be an effective camouflage, as you might have seen in also Shaun of the Dead, but Walking Dead as well. They cover themselves in zombie goo to like walk among them when they need to pass a certain area infested by zombies. I thought that could be like a use. But you have to make sure it's not on your orifices. Yeah, no. Go where the chocolate cake shines. Yeah, you don't want it to get up there. But the the real thing is, I might be able to rig it up as like a trap. Kind of like a MacGruber style trap, if you've seen that movie. You're a wet trap. So it's bendable, right? So it can extend and retract. You have it, I'll have it set up. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) So I'll have it set up above my entrance. And it's like uh, uh, hooked up to a tripwire and like so holding up like a a, bo- a bucket of acid. So that when the zombies when the zombies walk in, they trip it and then it extends and it drops the bot bucket on the zombies. Why do you need the hand and the arm? Just to hold it up. <laughs> it's so holding it. In it's performing as much as a paperweight would in any situation. <laughs> but like it's it's all propped up in a way that because it can bend, it keeps it in place. But as soon as the thing gets tripped, it's it also the pulleys make it extend and then that tips the bucket yeah. so 
and it takes out one, maybe two zombies <laughs> at most. So if it's more than one and a half or two, I'm pretty fucked. And you can't go collected, and that's your one source of survival, that, <laughs> yes. that chopped off zombie. Yeah, not to mention the acid, but who knows where I got that from. I was in an acid warehouse. I guess if, <laughs> you, can, if you can conveniently add any, any addition to the weapon you're given, like, yes, yeah, so I've got, I, with the zombie arm, I put in the hand of the zombie arm, a MK47 <laughs> rifle, and I, what I do is I push the the index finger of it to make it fire rounds at the zombies, and it's really effective. Yeah, try to keep up, everybody. This is a really advanced level zombie survival technique. All right, I Hayden have the common house plant. So there was no description about what the plant was, so I just decided that it was going to be a peace lily. Oh, that's OP. I'm going to deconstruct this plant to create the ultimate weapon. Or a set of weapons, in fact. So the first one is a pollen. So I'm going to put that in. I'm going to take the pollen out. I'm, I'm going to put a poem. A po- yeah, no. Well, I can write a poem. People will be writing poems about how effective these zombie plant For weapons centuries. are. So get the pollen, and I'm going to put it in some kind of delivery mechanism. And I'm going to throw the pollen into the eyes of the zombies, and they're going to be blinded. Forever? For as long as they live. I'll also use that to distract. I'll throw it on the ground and there's puff of pollen will go up and I'll use that to escape. And what if they don't go based on sight, they go more based just purely on smell or sound? It's a very good point you raise. So from a scent perspective, the pollen is very pungent and it's going to block those those smelling receptors. Yeah. And blind nasally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you may not know this, but the peacely is actually. I'm blind, the... I'm nasally blind. Oh god. <laughs> I hate when that happens. The peacely is also the loudest plant uh, known to me. Uh, the way it rustles in the, the wind. Rustles in the yeah, wind. They won't or, shut up. Yeah. Blinded by their in their ears. <laughs> the last one requires a little bit of imagination. You know how spider webs. If you scaled them to the same size of a regular steel beam, it would be a spyware would be stronger than the steel beam. Well, the same is true for peace lilies. And so when the leaves are glued together, they're as strong and as sharp as a rhino horn. <laughs> Don't and, Google that. <laughs> and I'll use it to slice the zombies. And then the last one, I'm assuming that the house plant is in a porcelain pot. I'm going to smash the pot, I'm going to glue yeah. it to a stick, and I'm going to slice up those zombies. <laughs> like you guys gave me shit about having extra components where you all have a bunch of different components. You had the spoon. The spoon that slings the, the coffee. Who doesn't always carry a spoon on their person? Are we so so my, my, my tripwire and pulley system and fucking bucket of acid was like, no, 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 hang on. And you're like, oh, give me a stick. Give me a whole system that delivers this. I'm talking about, you're walking on the ground and you're walking and you're listen, on the ground. Listen, no I'm, not, I'm not stopping there. You also had this whole pollen or delivery system it's like a tennis. Up. It's like a, a tennis ball with some holes in it. Oh yeah, they're just everywhere. There are tennis balls. Everywhere. Yeah, so are buckets, <laughs> and so is string, and so is rope. Oh. And, and where's the acid? In the warehouse. In the acid <laughs> warehouse that I'm in. <laughs> We've been over this. Yeah, okay. I frequent acid warehouses. I know where they all are. I'll be ready. It's the first place I go when the zombies come out. As soon as you see, even like you, you, you mistakenly see somebody drunkenly like walking down the street after a night out, you're like. <laughs> You <laughs> race to the nearest acid warehouse. You go bag. It's also got acid. You got nothing but acid here. <laughs> I got stuck up. I'm at seventy percent acid here. And you realize you didn't you didn't store it properly, so your go bag's actually dissolved and it's nothing. <laughs> you don't have a go bag anymore. Tell me you 
got that. Biggest blunders. So what were the worst decisions the character or the director made? Frank. He's a dumb fuck. When we first meet him, he's like super safe, super careful, got all his shit, like head to toe, right gear, armor, all sorts of coverage. And then he just fucking looks up to a crow and dies. Well, he agitates it a bit, but then he looks up and gets the thing in there. That's fucking dumb. Yeah. But also, what are the odds of that happening? Pretty slim, but yeah. still. I think the thing that makes that full on that scene is that it feels like so like act of gody. Yeah. And like, you know, things like that do happen in the world. Mm. So, and if you think about it, he lost his temper. So you can kind of summon in, in their rage. Like he was holding on to this idea that his salvation there. was there and yeah. then he lost that and his kind of world fell apart. To your point, like the only way they survive to that point is by being ultra careful. So it sort of doesn't work for his character, but it sort of does. It's kind of, um, yeah, really sad that the one moment he slips up is immediately punished right before the finish line. Yeah, yeah. brutal. Hayden, what's yours? Mine is, so it's kind of a classic bummer of the director. So they establish really early on that there is no electricity in the whole world. But of course, when they go to the shopping center, it's so quite up. clearly lit up. Mm. You would think that would be attracting more attention Mm. if it was one of the few places or only that has electricity there. That's right. And like, remember, uh, Jim goes and visits his parents' house to see if they're alive. Mm. In the middle of the night, he lights a candle and then like two zombies just burst in immediately. Yeah, one through the roof too. Mm. (laughs) Which is is strange. (laughs) So was it already up there or did it just opt to like race up and... Oh, he was a SWAT guy. Yeah, Yeah, he went full SWAT for that. And my other blunder was one we've already kind of covered but when Jim lets the zombie loose in the mansion so he does that because he's trying to save the two girls yeah really when you weigh up the risk he's really risking them dying yeah it's true like chances are they die as well but but I think the the only logic behind it which kind of makes sense I think to me a little bit is that that's their only chance last chance yeah they need that confusion and distraction and for it to take a few out hopefully Mm. for them to have a chance it's kind of weird how the zombie winked to him and was like you know what I got this I'm on your side (laughs) tell me you got that detail your own death we are going to give ourselves an awesome slash gruesome death scene and come up with a way that it could be woven into the script I'll start it's actually going to be me in the script but I in this scenario I'm like maybe in high school and it's like the start of the outbreak and I'm in the middle of a little athletics tournament the virus has suddenly spread and there's zombies there I'm running away from zombies I'm pole vaulting over a whole bunch of them I'm steeple chasing over a pool so you're not fleeing the venue you're insisting on getting through the uh, well no the path to escape is through the obstacles that I'm using there's like a hop skip and jump so I'm using the hop skip and jump to maneuver around the zombies as they lunge at me Uh, and I get to the end and this is where the the brutal death scene comes in I get to the shot put area and there's a big wall and it's further than you know I think I can throw but then I look on the ground there's a baby (laughs) and uh, I can hear the mother on the other side of the wall calling to, to help her baby so I grab the baby but there's a zombie coming all I can do is I look and I go, oh, maybe I can throw the, the baby over the fence. I can't do that. I haven't got the range. But I could throw the baby through the wall. So I get the shot put and I throw the shot put as fast as I can and it smashes a hole through the wall. Just as the, a bunch of uh, zombies start biting me, I shot put the baby through the hole in the wall and the mum catches it 
and I just kind of die getting eaten alive by zombies but I wink at the mum as I die and, and she yeah. goes that was a that's a new course record uh, Sam do you have a detail of your own death it's sort of big good sure do yeah okay <laughs> So someone's doing tests on a dead zombie while a game of darts is being played next to me and is extracting one of the dead zombie's blood with a syringe to do tests on it. Then gets distracted and wants to join in in the game of darts, except they forget that they are holding the syringe in their hand and somehow think that they're holding a dart. And I'm standing like in the vicinity of the dartboard talking to some other guy. And there's this constant reference to how I'm super paranoid uh, way more than everybody else throughout the movie. Wear a full body gimp suit throughout the entire movie because it's just a protective leather all around the body and I never let anybody see any of my skin. But the one moment I let my guard down, much like the uh, the guy Frank did at the end, I show somebody my tattoo because they asked about it. So I pull my sleeve down and that's exactly when the guy holding the syringe forgets he's holding syringe, not a dart, and throws it at the board, really fucks it up, misses, hits me in that exact spot and then I get to... <laughs> I get infected by the uh, syringe blood. And then they <laughs> they all see it and immediately go, ah, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> they don't even let me say my goodbyes. They hack me to death like within seconds with some machetes and then I'm done. What's the way to go? Yeah, so I die saying, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that's how I'd want to go out too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind for your birthday. All right, here's mine. doesn't even matter exactly what it is. I just want it to be the most embarrassing thing that could ever happen. Now that way it would make it really memorable to those that witness it. So it'll be, it'll be talked about Long after the zombie's apocalypse is over, it'll be me surrounded by like 50 witnesses and then like 10 to 15 zombies are in the middle. Who will also tell the tale to future <laughs> generations of zombies. They'll pass it on to their zombie spawn as well. The zombies in the middle will shred me up worse than Shredder from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ever could. And I'll be in the middle like shitting, vomiting, pissing, and I'll be begging for help, <laughs> begging for help from everyone around me. Like saying that I'll do, offering to do like unspeakable favours and all sorts of degrading shit if they help me. Uh, but of course no one does and that's what I want really. Then towards the end, when I'm in a pool of like uh, everything my body can muster, I start praying to the Lord and Saviour for protection and then he carries my soul onward. <laughs> and for those who know me, that's pretty embarrassing. Tuck, tuck. I'll be famous. Yep. The guy who fucking died horribly. Tell me you got that. This is one of my favorite segments. It's called the M. Night Shyamalan remix. And that's where we describe an alternative M. Night Shyamalan style twist for the ending. Uh, I might kick us off. The two things I noticed come up fairly often in the movie were Jim and Selena often get really bloodied. Often they're forced to eat things that aren't greatly nutritious for them. They just eat what they've got available. Well, it turns out that throughout the movie they were bitten a bunch of times in them, but they didn't realize because it turns out the zombie vaccination equivalent is actually just eating the simple, humble Malteser. But they find out too late and they can't save humanity because they go, to, <laughs> they go to the remains of a smouldering Manchester. And you remember Manchester was on fire? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. And they go to the only Malteser factory in all of the UK and it's burnt down. Tragically, they find the secret Malteser recipe book, which is, you know, really, this really dense, like 800 page book, perfectly maintained on the outside, but on the inside. There's this big hole over the pages, so the recipe's lost forever. And so in walks Margaret Thatcher, who falls down to the ground and does the Planet of the Apes end movie scene. You maniacs! You blew it up! <laughs> Did you say Margaret Thatcher comes in for that? Yeah. Is she a zombie? <laughs> Why is she there? <laughs> 
I believe there was a segment that required that. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I can tell you if the Fonz was there, he'd say something like, Hey. Did you guys forget that I completely segment? forgot that we were supposed to name drop a celebrity. You didn't even know I did mine. Oh. Fucking Shredder before. Oh, Shredder. Shredder. Oh. I forgot about that. Fucking hell. I was I wondering actually, what that So I actually was. did it where, where it fit in. You just chucked Margaret Thatcher <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, I didn't even know. Um, and then she turned the camera after like it, it, it shows the director's name, but then it comes right back and she turns the camera and, and goes, looks like we're going to go have to come back to my time to fix things. <laughs> <laughs> and then that sets up the scene for the sequel sequel. 28 years earlier. That's good. All right, Sam, what's your... Remix. Uh, mine is just that if they waited a full calendar month, everyone just goes straight back to normal and they kind of realise how much blood they have on their hands and if they kind of just exclusively flared or hunkered down for a little bit longer, nobody had to die. And After the rage month. Yeah. And then you get a week of diarrhea. Rage month. Uh, <laughs> diarrhea week. Oh, he's in his rage month. Don't worry yeah. about him. He's... <laughs> He'll be alright. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And then yeah, there good. could be like a whole sequel situation that comes out like nowadays like a pandemic where it's that but everyone knows to quarantine and just wait it out and you have to stay away from your friends and relatives tell me you got that so let's go straight <laughs> to sequel prequel yeah I made a movie it's called The Jet Fighter Hero <laughs> so at the end of the movie they set up that big like hello sign with all the fabric and whatnot you know to get the jet's attention and get rescued and, but the pilot makes the only possible conclusion that can be made is that they're, the the infected have actually become <laughs> slightly intelligent again I ain't fallen for that because um, if there was if there were real humans that would have written SOS ha- they would have well SOS or help but they yeah. were hello yeah hello yeah. is weird so so like he, he assumes that they've regained some of their previous intelligence and are attempting to lure in more victims <laughs> So the pilot doesn't hesitate. He bombs him into a, <laughs> into oblivion and then returns to France or wherever he's from. He returns a national hero. The rest of the film is him going on bombing missions. <laughs> but they're also just as misguided. <laughs> Yet everyone continues to laud him for his efforts and bravery. The, the last 10 minutes of the movie is a slow zoom out from a bronze statue of him in his hometown. <laughs> and that's it. His family uh, is wondering like, Daddy, when are you going to be able to come and stay with us forever and stop having to go on these missions? And so, as long as it takes, kiddo. A lot of things need bombing out there. Mine was sort of Curious George Kids movie, and it's a prequel, and it's it stars the monkey from the start of the film who was infected with the raid virus, right? Aww. So basically what happens, the movie starts, and it's a very wholesome uh, Curious George-style movie where he's doing a whole bunch of fun kid stuff, like baking, learning how to bake a cake and solving the mystery of the stolen comb and going to the zoo, and then um, goes <laughs> snow sledding. But uh, then it kind of fast forwards towards the end and it kind of ends very similarly to say like Rogue One where you know how it kind of ends where right at the start of New Hope yeah just before Darth Vader like gets into the rebel ship well it does exactly that here where it gets right to the point where Curious George is captured by researchers who then infect him and then it kind of pans and you see the animal activists what kind of walk in kind of like Rise of the Planet of the Apes as well where um, the, at the end of that movie is the start of the pandemic spreading and they show like a map over the credits they show a map of like the virus going from blah 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 to uh, <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh and the movie is called Curious George Gets What's Coming to Him <laughs> <laughs> the 
first thing I ever heard you say was Curious George has had it too good for too long. <laughs> Do you have a sequel prequel? Yeah, mine so. is uh, basically, I, I'd love to hear your ideas to add on to it, but basically it's a rom-com of how to find love and how to get back to normality and establish a life and actually have romance after surviving the trauma of the zombie apocalypse. But basically I just wanted to have the title, 28 Ways You Drive Me Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> What, what what kind of problems do you think people will be faced with after that? It'd be pretty in terms of dating, just PTSD. Yeah. So it might it might be a bit less uh, fantasy horror and a bit more kind of real world, dark, heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe not very marketable or enjoyable to watch. So it's really heavy. Yeah. You really have like Stanley Kubrick type heavy. And I want the DVD to be made out of solid lead as well, yeah. like the DVD yeah. box. So that's going to do it for this week. Tune in next time on the Tell Me You Got That podcast, where we'll be talking about one of the sensations of 2022, everything, everywhere, all at once. See you next time. Love you, bye. Love you. Love you, bye. Tell me you got that.